Welcome to Christian Faith Center Caldwell Campus Podcast. Our prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged by this message. For more information, you can visit experiencecfc.com. God bless. And today, if you're taking notes, you can uh, uh, write the title of this message or this talk today as Trust Enough to Try Again. Trust Enough to Try Again. And I'm going to read from Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to read the first 10 verses. I'm going to read from the NLT. And if you're there, if you're turning there in your Bibles or you're looking at the screen, say amen. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed into him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. He sat at the, in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we come before you right now, and I just thank you for this Sunday morning. For another opportunity for us to get together and worship your name in your house, Lord, and and look into the word, God, and, and glean from the scriptures. And I ask by your Holy Spirit that is present already in this room, speak to our hearts, our minds, and the deepest part of our life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, Peter is a very interesting character. In the last few weeks, we've looked at his life and learned a lot from them. Many of us can relate to the life of Peter because he was spunky, he was outspoken, he was sort of a hothead, right? He, he had some character flaws, but God still in Jesus Christ decided to use him for the glory of God. And Peter had met Jesus before this situation occurred, this moment, and he was actually introduced uh, to Jesus by his brother Andrew. And we can read about that in John, in the gospel of the account of John. And we can read him getting to know Jesus. So he knew who Jesus was. He knew about him. But now Peter is doing what he does best. He's fishing. And the Bible tells us that he's fishing with his crew and he's going on with his life. And uh, Peter, he meets, not like Andrew, he sees Jesus, but he's content with keeping Jesus at a distance. Who's ever met somebody that is content with keeping Jesus at a distance? 
That might have been some of us in this room right now. There were moments in our life where we were content to keep in Jesus at a distance. Jesus, I know you're wonderful. I know you're the Messiah. You're called by God. You've blessed me a time or two, but I'm okay with keeping you at an arm's length. Some of us, we, we're okay with keeping them at a 20-foot pole length. Right? We just, we just want to sort of be around the church. We want to get raptured with the church. We want, to, we want to get the blessings of God, but we're okay with not being in his proximity. And we see the same thing is happening with Peter where he's just going about his business. He's catching fish. He's doing his thing. And, um, and Jesus is coming alongside and he notices Peter. You see, Peter, I believe he was like sometimes we are. He was content to be busy but not blessed. He was content just to be go along with the business of life and do his thing, but maybe not actually start living out the blessings of God and what he has for us. Being just close enough to what Jesus was doing that he can hear and see it, but far enough away that it doesn't have to impact his life fully. It doesn't have to be transform his career and transform his life. Just close enough. And what I love about Jesus is that he notices Peter. Even regardless that there was a big crowd around him, he notices Peter. And the Bible actually says more specifically, he notices the empty boats. You see, Jesus notices what is empty. And in the second verse of Luke chapter 5, it says this. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them uh, and were washing their nets. And I love this about Jesus. He's probably teaching thousands, crowds of thousands, and he sees the four off to the side. How many times we think that Jesus is only about God's people and the people that, that tithe and go to church and, and, and volunteer and do things, but he, maybe me, you know, I'm off to the side somewhere and I'm just minding my own business. I know just enough about him, but I believe this story proves to us and shows us that he actually cares about you more than you know. He cares about you more than you know. And he cared about us before we were in church, before we were good citizens, and before we even believed in him. Amen. He cared about us and he noticed our lives. He noticed the emptiness of our lives. And the Bible says here, he notices two empty boats. And he notices the fishermen washing their nets after a day or a night of fishing, of defeat, right? They, they didn't catch what they went out there for, and so they're washing their nets, and they're doing their thing. They have a, maybe a sense of defeat, and we see Jesus engages with them there on the side. You see, sometimes we can forget about Jesus, but he does not forget about us. When we don't see Jesus in our proximity, maybe there's a crowd in the way. Let me tell you something. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees us and he notices us. We have a tendency to cling to sometimes what's familiar, even if it's marked by failure. These fishermen, they're, they're sitting there. They, have, they, they, they had an a unsuccessful fishing trip. And they're sitting there on the side of their nice aluminum whale boats. And they probably weren't aluminum back in the day. You can fact me, check me on that. And they're sitting there walking, uh, washing their nets. 
And they're, they're just content with being who they are, right? They're just sitting there watching. And little did they know Jesus was on his way over. Little did they know Jesus was trying to show them something that they didn't have to just sit in their failure just because it was familiar, but there was actually a better life in store for them. He didn't just notice their empty boat. He actually noticed their empty efforts. He noticed their emptiness and what they were trying to do and what they were doing. You see, they were familiar and comfortable with where they were at. Even though they experienced failure, they kept chugging on. It was a stuck place in a way. And it's remarkable how much we allow to handle us in life. We can be suffering, but we'll continue to be there because of something familiar. We're going we're gonna to hear about the gospel. We're going to hear about there's a better way. But we're going to continue doing our thing because, because this is the thing that I'm used to. And even if I'm failing at it and things are good, I'm just going to stick put. I don't, need the, I don't need Christianity. I don't need the Lord. That's just a crutch. I'm, I'm stronger than that. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to wash my nets. I, 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 don't, I don't need the Lord. I know the best fishing spots. I, I don't need to ask him for help. I know where to cast the nets. I've been doing fishing for years. And he's just a rabbi. I'm sure that could have crossed their, their thoughts as well, right? And so we see them doing their thing. And this is true for us today as well in our relationships Careers, efforts, and I love that Jesus just steps to, into the midst of their situation, into the midst of their empty boats, matter of fact, and into empty efforts, and decides to use them, and decides to use that empty boat. And what I love about Jesus is that he decides to use what they thought was failure and emptiness to show them the abundance of the life they can have with him. And you might look on stage today and you see a pulpit and a raggedy old aluminum boat. But matter of fact, Jesus shows us that these are actually both two pulpits. You see, what Jesus did is he came over to Peter's life. The thing that, he was, that he's looked as a failure, he stepped into his life and he sat down in his boat. He says, hey, Peter, push me out a little farther. I'm going to teach. And Jesus is literally using his boat as a pulpit, right? The, recently here, we went to um, a place called Horse Thief Reservoir, a beautiful little lake out in the mountains there by Cascade. And I've noticed how it could be so quiet. And when it's not windy on the lake, you can whisper something off the dock. And if you're out in a boat in the middle, you can hear what's being said. You can't talk secrets about people on the, on the lake. Everything is heard. So Jesus, knowing the way that works, right, how sound travels, he gets on his boat, thousands of people around him, and there's Peter somewhere in the back of the boat, and Jesus is sitting on the edge and starts teaching the people. You see, Jesus uses what is empty. Jesus uses what is empty. In verse 3, it says this, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. I bet you Peter didn't feel very useful to Jesus at that moment, right? He was probably dirty, <laughs> stinky, tired, messed up, I mean, exhausted. They, I'm sure they didn't have espresso and coffee back in the day. 
And so he's just sitting there, no Red Bull to pick him up, pick his mood up. And so he's just sitting there, gets the boat out and thinking, man, when is this going to be over? Like, I got to wash my nets, get home to my wife. I got to, you know, take care of business. I didn't make enough money today, so I got to do my thing. And Jesus just goes on teaching. How often do we think that we have to be in a certain, a certain way for God to use us? Who's been there before? We think that, well, God is using that person, or God decided to step into that person's life because they have their things figured out. They have all their ducks in a row. Peter could have been the first one to think that. Why didn't he use someone else's boat? Because uh, they, have, they had a good catch this last night. They have time to spare. But Peter keeps on sitting there in the boat. And Jesus keeps on teaching from his boat. And I just love it how Jesus sits down and uh, starts teaching. And you know what I realized as I was reading this story is the probability of that boat being available to be used by Jesus if it was full of fish would have been probably very slim. And what I realize about Jesus is this. He often uses what is empty because there is availability in the vessel. There is room to be used. And maybe your emptiness and your dryness that you're experiencing is actually designed when you bring it before the Lord to be used by Him. And maybe that draws you in closer and He fills you up and overflows through your life and blesses your surroundings. And what you look at as failure, as what you look at as defeat, maybe it's a broken relationship, a broken career, whatever it is that you're going through, when you bring it to the Lord and when you allow Him to get into your emptiness, when you allow Him to get into your boat, He will use for the glory of God in Jesus' name. And I just love that Jesus keeps teaching. You know, God's not looking for availability, or sorry, he, God is not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. If you make yourself available, Jesus will make you able. Jesus will make you able. So many times we have excuses. We have things that get in the way. Lord, I can't do it. I can't, I can't take this step. I'm not educated. I'm not good enough. I'm not well enough. I'm tired right now. But if we make our empty available for him, he will make us able in Jesus' name. Amen. I found that Jesus will insert himself into the lives of people regardless how they think of themselves. And really, I am so happy. I am so happy that he does that. Because oftentimes the way we think of ourselves, oh boy, keep us from our thoughts, oh Lord. The Bible tells us that the heart is, is evil and desperately wicked. Who should know it, right? It's full of those things, and oftentimes we allow those thoughts to get into our mind. But if we would make ourselves available, Jesus can make you able. Matter of fact, Ephesians 3.20, it says this. Now all glory to God, who is able. Let's say that word together. Able. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work Within us, somebody say within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I just love this scripture because it shows us 
that really our ability is not dependent on us. It's not dependent if I got goosebumps today or I did not. It's not dependent on if I performed well or not. And that's what I love about the New Covenant, the New Testament, is in the Old Testament they had rules and regulations, 600 and something laws that they had to abide by to please God. And in the New Testament, the Bible teaches us those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord will be saved. And I love that He is able. And when we bring our brokenness, our shame, whatever it is to the Lord, He is able. He is able to work miracles, to work wonders through the situation that we might be navigating today. Maybe you feel dry. Maybe you feel empty. And you've cast a net again and again and again. And you find yourself in a place of defeat, lack of accomplishment. I know who is able. Jesus Christ is able by his mighty power to work within us. And accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. You know, that right there, a few years ago, the Lord revealed something to me and showed me that, man, oftentimes we think that desire that we have to be with him, to come to church or to pray or to read the word or to really seek his face is our own desire. We think that, man, I'm, become, I'm a pretty good dude. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking I need to like get my life in order with God. But did you know... That the Bible teaches us that those desires, they actually come from the Lord. Those desires that you have in your life to get closer to God, to grow in Him, to mature in Him, are actually put in there by the Holy Spirit. And He wants those things to happen in your life more than you want them to happen for yourself. Last week we had a a pastor here that was preaching and he said something that I think rocked many of us. He said that God is not mad at you, but He misses you. And I just love that. That resonated with many of us. God is not mad at you, but he misses you. And that desperation that we have sometimes to be with the Lord, to be filled by him, to spend time with him. Did you know that he actually longs to spend time with you as well? He longs to spend time with you, to make make time in his schedule to be available for you. He's always waiting for you. He's always waiting for us. Because he wants to fill our emptiness. He wants to fill our lives. And the third point I want to make is Jesus restores what is empty. So he not only notices, he not only uses, but he restores what is empty. He restores our lives. Verses 4 through 7, if we get the keys coming up here. When he had finished speaking, he had said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper. And let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking and on the verge of sinking you see they trusted enough to try again Peter trusted enough to try one more time you know there's been there could have been so many things that could have got in the way of Peter in this moment he could have said I'm tired 
You know how much time I've already cast this net in? He could have said, I'm exhausted. He could have said, well, you know, I'm not busy. My schedule is throughout the week. I can't, I can't go one more time on Sunday. I need to relax on Sunday. We've all heard that one, right? I, I, my schedule is so, is so busy. I don't know if I could come to church on Sunday. I'll catch you guys online, which is good as well, actually. Maybe there was discouragement from his failure, from what he was going through, from a lack of, of, of a fishing trip. You know, I, th- I think a big one could have been easily in his life to say, Jesus, like, I'm okay with you preaching out of my boat, and you know the things and the, and the, and the principles of the kingdom of God, but do you even have a clue how to fish? <laughs> You're a carpenter's son. You build tables and chairs. You build things from wood, but fishing is my place of expertise. So easy that, so for so many of us to do that with our lives. Jesus, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to uh, believe in you in this area of my life because, you know, your spirit and, and, my, and I, we're spiritual beings and I'm going to trust you with my, my spiritual life. But this physical life aspect right here, this relationship, this business deal, whatever it is, I, I, I can't really let you in because I don't know if you like know as much as I know. That's literally, uh, Peter could have did that as well and say, hey, you know, I have cast them that high and low. And by the way, I know that it's daytime and the fish actually goes into the deep. And, and I mean, we can't catch anything on the surface level right now with the net. But Peter, in his emptiness, decided to humble his pride, to humble himself and throw in the nets. You know, this story is actually less about a boat and less about fish, and it's actually more about people. This story clearly shows us the heart of the Father, the heart of the Lord Jesus, that He notices our emptiness. He notices when we make mistakes and we fail, yet He steps into the midst of that and says, try one more time, but with me in your boat. He says, try one more time, but lean on me with this one. Your experience is not going to help you in this one. Your track record is not going to help you with this one. People might have said, don't try again, and you're going to fail, and, and maybe it's not worth it, but this time, do it leaning and relying on the Holy Spirit, on me. And we see as Peter does that, Something happens. There is a restoration that happens in all areas of his life through this story. Try it with God what you couldn't do before on your own. You see, Jesus says this. He says, I've come to give life. And what kind of life? Life more abundantly. Jesus restores his, their purpose, Peter's purpose, his fortune, and his soul, actually. Just real quick, just these three aspects. He restores his purpose. The Bible says in verse 10, his partners, James and John, and the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. You see, God didn't make you one way just to use you in another way. The way you're wired, the way he designed you, the reason why you're passionate about something, God actually wants to use that as a pulpit of your life. And actually just make it part of his purpose. He literally tells them, from now on, you're going to be fishing for people. You're going to use what you know and fish for people. Perhaps 
what was missing in their life, and we see that it was actually Jesus. He was missing from the center of their lives. And the, the second thing is he restores their fortunes. What I found is that Jesus will never owe you anything. He will never leave you with less than he found you with. With him, you'll have everything you need. And we see that he uses his boat to minister from. And then all of a sudden, he provides the rent money for using the boat. And then some. <laughs> he proves to him on the spot, Peter, you don't got to worry about the money. Peter, I got it all covered. Matter of fact, one of the names in the Bible for, for the Lord or for God is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. The Lord is our provider. God will provide. So he restores their purpose, their fortunes, and he restores their soul as well. Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. And I think this really describes and shows the heart of Peter and where he found himself. I like that this nugget has been installed in Scripture for us because it shows that perhaps the reason why Peter was okay with keeping Jesus at a distance is because he knew his imperfections, he knew his sin, he knew his failure, and he thought, well, Jesus doesn't need a guy like me. He said, Jesus, I'm good to be here, and I'll sort of listen along, but I'm not going to have him close. And then I'm sure he was in full shock and awe when Jesus stepped into the emptiness of his boat. And then when he saw the miracle power of Jesus when the, the fish were caught, the Bible says he was there right there with him in the boat. So I could just imagine Peter falling down in the boat to his knees and saying, leave me. I think you've made a mistake. Stop this. You're too good to me. You know what I've noticed? When we allow Jesus into the emptiness of our lives and we surrender what we have, we surrender our pride, our experience, whatever it is, our knowledge to him, he blesses us in so many different ways and on so many different levels that we start seeing our, uh, 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 our sinfulness or our wretchedness before when we say, wow, Lord, you've made a mistake. I don't know about this, God. And I just love the reaction of Jesus where he blesses them, where he speaks over them. And today as we finish up the service, you know, I believe we can really relate to the story 2,000 years later into our lives. We find a bunch of people that were just like you and I. They were tired, broke, weary, skeptical, discouraged, full of excuses. And yet in the moment, they decided, or Peter decided, to trust Jesus enough to try again. Removing all excuses, removing all those things, and this decision of trusting him one more time, do, throwing in the nets one more time, but with Jesus, actually transformed his life in a radical way. I don't know where you are in your life, in your journey with Christ. Maybe you've never received Jesus into your heart, or maybe you've, you've been with him and you've stepped away, or, or you find yourself in a, in, in a place at a distance from the Lord. I could just 
sense the Holy Spirit telling us today, trust enough to try again. Trust enough to try again. Give me a chance. Surrender your heart. Surrender your will, your mind, your empty boat. And you will see that off of this boat, I will make a pulpit. And I will use your life for the glory of God. Because all glory to God who is able. To work within us by his mighty power more than we can infinitely think or imagine. All glory to God and to his power. With every head bowed, eye closed. As we conclude this service today, I want to ask you, maybe you feel like this empty boat. Maybe you feel like you're in a place where, man, like you just need to let the Lord into your, in the midst of what you're going through. And allow him to work. Just surrendering your heart, your mind, your purpose, your fortunes, everything to the Lord and saying, Lord, have your way in me. With every head bowed and eye closed, you can just slip your hand up and say, that's me. I need to receive the Lord. I need to surrender the Lord in my life. You can just lift your hand up wherever you are. I see those hands. Anyone else? Just lift up your hand wherever you are. Just say, Lord, I need you in my life. I see those hands. Let's stand to our feet. You know, the reason why we ask a Christian faith center to raise your hands, it's really a sign of surrender before the Lord. But it's the act of, of saying, Lord, that's me. I recognize myself where I'm at. And it's before the Lord. So I want to lead us into a prayer of surrender. And I believe that as you pray sincerely from the bottom of your heart, and as you bring before the Lord your situation, He'll meet you where you're at. He'll meet you where you're at, and he'll give you clear instruction. You'll sense it. He, his presence is going to be right there with you. And he might tell you, go out a little deeper and cast the net in again. He might tell you to go and, and, and ask for forgiveness from somebody, right? He might tell you to do something else, and as you obey those things, maybe it's something that you've tried over and over again, but now he says, as you surrender, trust enough to try again.